All right, here we go. Dirty Thursday. The Bull Ring Boys are back on GFBS. This is Grand Fork's best source, Thomas Kennedy. Outlaw Sprint Car Driver is going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. Along with myself, Katie the producer, or the intern, Paul the producer, and of course the other half of the Bull Ring Boys, Chad Hoff, in the studio today. Our show is brought to you by the Beehive and the Valley Drifters Snowmobile Club Buzz Run. It's a vintage snowmobile ride. It's going on this weekend, uh, Saturday. Going to start in Reynolds at the Beehive. Ten bucks for entry fee per sled. What a great deal. 9 a.m. registration at the Beehive. They'll start judging at 10. 1 o'clock, going to hop on the sleds. Take a little spin to Brewskies and Thompson. 5 o'clock, we'll be back at the Beehive. Got all kinds of stuff going on there. Awards, prizes, and food. All kinds of different prizes being uh, handed out, too. Uh, make sure you go. It's going to be fun. Grand Fork's best source going to be there. Beehive in the Valley Drifters Snowmobile Club Buzz Run. You want to find out more? 218-779-2110 is the phone number. Well, if you want to call in or text, have any questions for any of us or Thomas Kennedy, our phone number 701-213-0863. 701-213-0863. And before we get going, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Who would win a fight between Celine Dion and Shania Twain? Who would win a fight between Celine Dion and Shania Twain? We all would. (laughs) Chad, what would you think of that one? I like that one, but that was a good one. I'll take that one. I'll take that. Oh, look at that. Yep. Right there, yep. Thomas Kennedy's beautiful sprint car, 21K. Yeah, that looks nice, that? right? Yeah. Hey. Beautiful car. And uh, welcome to the show, Thomas Kennedy. How are you, man? Uh, not too bad. How are you guys? Good, good. Did you like that joke? Uh, Be, yeah, honest. Be honest. Be honest. My, my, my favorite one is when, uh, you know, what's the best way to catch a Canadian? You know, grab a hockey net, make sure it's tilted, and put a beer underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this one? Uh, what do you get when you play a Nickelback record backwards? Oh, don't even tell me about Nickelback. You still get freaking Nickelback. That's uh, a bad thing. Yeah, let's yeah. just get another little applause. There we go. Uh, Thomas, how have you been, man? It's been a long time since we have got to talk. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been a while, you know, just living life, doing what we can, you know, through everything with all the lockdowns. Just been eye racing a lot more than you know I ever expected I would. Mm-hmm. Um, oh sure, you know, was playing hockey during the summer and you know in the fall. And since we've had our lockdowns, I haven't really been able to do anything but sit around, go to work, go home, watch TV. You know the people that don't know you, Thomas. Uh, they just know you from being a sprint car driver. Uh, tell us a little bit about your life away from the race shop and the racetrack. Yeah, so I, I love playing hockey. I've been playing for five years now. Um, I wished when I was a kid I started, but I decided to go kart race instead of play hockey, which, you know, I'm glad I did. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I still wish I knew how to skate going into <laughs> my past five years. But uh, that helps when you play hockey. That, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great pastime. You meet new people. Um, other than that, you know, I've been eye racing a lot uh, and uh, more or less just really nothing else that I do. And I have a wife, um, a dog, a cat. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, other than that, there's not much else that I do. So when you talk about iRacing there, Thomas, when you look at that, uh, what's your favorite tracks at iRace, and, and, and what do you do to prepare yourself? And do you have a fun simulator, or is it just a straight chair and a computer? Yeah, so you have a, a Canadian-made Secret Lab chair. It's probably one of the most comfortable chairs you could buy for gaming in the world. Um, make sure you look that up when you can. Okay. Uh, there you go. Plug. So... My dad and I, we actually built a base for it. You know, we took the wheel base off, and then we have a stationary base. <clears throat> and then I have a steering wheel, you know, connected to my computer desk. And then I have three monitors. And then the computer itself, I actually built four years ago with my brother. So Holy cow. And, uh, no, it's, it's been great. You know what? I enjoy the uh, late models more than anything and the street stocks, to be honest. Really? Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I've been racing the, <laughs> yeah, I've been racing the street stocks on a weekly basis on a Thursday with uh, Canadians up here. And it's been a great time. And then we had the first inaugural iRacing Sites Memorial Race that I helped uh, promote and uh, get ready to go with Nick Leonard, uh, Sean Clausen, and then Chris Seymour. 
um, back up here. And uh, it was a huge success. Um, I enjoyed it. And we're looking forward to an even bigger show this year at the end of the year. You know, uh, we found out about the uh, John Size Memorial iRace, like, I think Chad and I were the last ones to find out about the, it. The but, day uh, before. Yeah. Um, how fun is that? I mean, you, you could basically race against anybody you want if they're signed up or whatever. Or how does that work? <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, you just got to give them your credit card. So then, you know, it displays your name. But uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've met new people, made great friends doing it. Um I don't really race the sprint cars as much just because it is a lot different than in real life and the setups throughout the whole iRacing <clears throat> thing is different than real life when it comes to setups. So I t- tend to stay away from the sprint cars. So I really enjoy the street stocks and late models. And it's been fun. I would say the late models are the hardest thing to set up in iRacing just because I have no clue what to do on the late model to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you got J-bars, you got, you know, your left rear grip stuff you got your chain and and whatever else there is on a late model there's probably a hundred different things you can do on a late model so so when you, you know, said... i've had fre- go ahead bud go ahead yeah so i've had help with like jeff rempel max mosher from uh the states and uh, other people that i know that are really heavily involved in the late model world um and you know it's it's been great it's been fun does it get you tilting towards that late model action in the real life version, or are you just going to stick with that sprint? Well, or would you rather, if somebody came know, to you and said, "Thomas, why don't you take my late model for some hot laps?" What would you What would you say? Well, let's just put it this way: the guys that I raced with the late models didn't appreciate a sprinter driver racing late model because, like I said, <laughs> you give a sprinter driver fenders, he's going to use it no matter what. No, why do <laughs> you get out of my way? Perfect. If I have fenders, I'm pushing you out of the way. <laughs> so, why well, do you kind of stay away from the sprint cars when it comes to eye racing, just to get into something different? Well, and it kind of aggravates me just knowing that I haven't been able to race sprint cars for a year now mm-hmm. because of what's been going on and not being able to cross. So. It just frustrates me a little yeah. bit. Um, more or less, that's pretty much what what it is. It just frustrates me because you know when you race, when you go on eye racing and then you race a sprint car, you know all you think about is, man, I wish I was racing at the yeah. real Knoxville right now, not eye racing, Knoxville, right, right, or right. the real Cedar, like not the fake eye racing, you know, the the eye racing Cedar. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it kind of you know. Not so much angers me; it just disappoints me that I yeah. haven't been able to race. Pushes so, the wrong and, button. Right, and since yeah. I was eight years old, this is this past year was the first year that I've gone without racing in my oh, whole life. Man. Man. Oh man, so, man! Uh, by the way, um, Shane Edgington just texted in and said, "Very nice T-shirt." There you go, sporting the Shane Edgington shirt. You know, um, <laughs> Mark Dobmeyer built uh, a, a simulator for eye racing and stuff like that out of a car that he wrecked and uh, got the real race seat in it. And he's actually got two, uh, one for normal size people and one for people like uh, my size and Chad's size. Yeah. And uh, extra so, large. Yeah. After, <laughs> after a couple of uh, yeah, extra large <laughs> wearing your Under Armour. Yeah. Um, after uh, a few Barley's, uh, quite yeah. a few, um, I got into that thing and I, I turned about probably 30 laps at Knoxville. I think I had a total of five laps where I actually ran really good, but yeah. Two days later, I had you seen the black and blue marks on my sides from that seat. From but uh, holy crap, oh, yeah. was that a lot of fun? No, it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Thomas. Uh, you got your start racing go karts. Tell us about how you got going because I mean, you come from a huge racing family, and we're going to get into that too. But how did you get your start? Yeah, so one day my dad and I were sitting down, we're watching. Um, I think it was Speed TV at the time. Um, or Speed Channel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's changed twice. Yeah. Anyhow, um, they, were, they had go-karts on there, and, and then I was like, hey, can we do that? And my dad's like, oh, yeah, is that something you're interested in? I'm like, yeah. So the next year, uh, he uh, purchased a go-kart, and it's been going strong since. Did you go right from go-kart to sprint car? I did, yes. Yep. So um, I started out uh, road course racing in go-karts, and by far that's still my favorite thing to do is road course racing. Mm-hmm. If I could if I could do something like in a big vehicle uh, on a road course, I would totally do that. Yeah? Uh, yeah, just because it's very technical on a road course. you got to hit your marks properly, just like an oval. But with um, with road course, you know, there's a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just because there's so many chicanes and, you know, turns. Sure. And braking and then getting on the throttle making sure you don't get too sideways. So it's, uh, it's, it's been awesome. I, I, I loved it, every moment of it. Um, we did get out the right time. 
Um, that's when there was a huge transition going on with, with motors. And then, you know, the American economy tanked at that point. So it was a good, good time for us to get out of go-karts and get into sprinkler racing. So we can actually start making some money. Yeah. In quotes. You know, right. quotes. <laughs> that's uh, about the only time now I really, uh, nap car. I mean, I yeah. love Daytona, Talladega. I like Bristol, but otherwise my favorites, I think now are the road, the road courses, courses. And I never used to be that way. But uh, I really like road course watch. You, you can definitely see when what Thomas was saying there about the braking and everything, how it's technical. Mm-hmm. When, when the NASCAR driver goes into like the chicane at the Charlotte Roval, and they lock him up like tighter than you know what, and they can't even get into the corner. It's, yeah, it's like, oh, that's funny. Good mm-hmm. job, buddy. You're supposed to be a professional, right? And actually, I, I really like the the NASCAR stuff on uh, iRacing. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's just pretty cool that you do all that. At least you. And I hate to say it that way, but at least you got some racing in. I know it's it's pretty disappointing, and it was disappointing for us for sure, because uh, I was seeing your tweets and stuff. How, you know, if you could figure out a way to to, to move everything down to the states, you sure yeah. would. Um, and we missed you this year for we, sure. We tried but three different ways. Did you really? You tried three different times. So yeah, what happened? A buddy of mine that works for so uh, the first time, you know, my dad just talked to the border and tried to get like some sort of brokerage paperwork done and the thing is that we could do that and get the motorhome across the board but we'd have to hire a driver without a trailer pulling behind so then that's a lost cause yeah and then another time um a buddy of mine that works at a u.s senator's office in south dakota had uh sort of like a pardon paper to allow me to to, to get across the border and even that was denied by the Canadian government, so so couldn't they uh, couldn't they do anything on there, Thomas? Says because you run with the world of outlaws, and we know that here for sure. Could, like Ricky, we just got a work permit. They couldn't right. do nothing like that for you either. No, see, I, I'm not eligible for a work permit because I actually have a full time job with our family business. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be allowed to do that. Unfortunately, I would be. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. It and, would be too uh, much. I could get a sports visa, but it would. It's still, I don't think, would work mm-hmm. because I still have a full-time job. You know. Yeah, you know, right. if you could get one of those uh, carpet company semis uh, from your business and, <laughs> and hide all your race stuff in Just there. shove it in a 53-foot trailer. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Hey. And, and, and people have mentioned, well, why don't you, you know, container it over there? I'm like... Can you imagine the cost of just containering everything over? It just wouldn't be worth it. Oh, and my then gosh. We'd have to find a truck and trailer, too, right? So mm, right. And, and then just probably keep it here, I would imagine. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just wouldn't work out. Well, then, then that thing where he said, where Thomas said before, in, in quotes, make money, that'd be printed mm. down the drain to spend all the money to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and we had uh, World of Outlaws, you know, cooperate with us to, to try and get us across. And then Knoxville Raceway, uh, Tony Bachoven. And, and a few other people, um, you know, sent in their recommendations to allow us to cross, and it just it didn't work out. Oh, my so. goodness. Well, I tell you what, I mean, that sure gives you a whole lot of respect for those guys that uh, everybody tried and threw it in much we could to get you down here, man, because right. we know right. how much you love this. Yeah, we know how much you love racing. We loved watching you. And so just to have that, that's a pretty cool thing to have, too, in the back pocket, knowing that everybody tried to get you down here. For sure. Hey, um, Thomas, were you ever into uh, snowmobile racing? Uh, are you into snowmobiles or anything like that? Because when I was growing up, ice oval racing was huge. Uh, and a pair of brothers, Canadians, come to mind right off the bat. I actually got to see them both race numerous times. Uh, Jacques and Gilles Villeneuve. Man, could those guys motor pretty much anything that they really? got into. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. They're world champions. I'm more impressed that you got the name right. Yeah, well, I am a French-Canadian. <laughs> Did you know that, Thomas? I what? am half French-Canadian. Yes, I am. Legit. Yeah, legit. Legit. Yeah. Nice. Legit. Nice. That's why my name is spelled J-O-N. It should be J-E-A-N, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know... Um, so, so snowmobiling, uh, my grandpa actually used to race snowmobiles. Okay. Back in the day. And then my dad wanted to get into it, but my grandpa said no. Um, so, unfortunately, that had happened. But my dad had to get into sprinkler racing. And actually... Um, I haven't snowmobiled in 16 years, and my mm-hmm. dad and I decided to get a snowmobile um, this past month. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, There's you got to be really, able to do really good deals. Yeah, really good deals. So. You got to be able sure. to do something up there. Right. I remember they and used we, to call it the uh, World Tobogganing Championships. Were held in Canada. They didn't call them snowmobiling. It was the World Tobogganing, Tobogganing. Championships. Yeah. Isn't that a, okay? Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. That's, well, Beaujolais is huge. Yes. Uh, they, they usually have the big deals there. And oh. I know that. Last year it was canceled at you know end of last year, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to have one in March. But I 
don't know if that's happening or not yet. So. All right. Yeah. You know, everybody knows uh, the Kennedy Racing name. Uh, your grandpa, your dad, you. Tell us about the history of the Kennedy Racing family. Just a little bit of it, if you would. Yeah, so um, it all started with my great-grandmother. She was uh, one of the first thoroughbred horse trainers in North America to win uh, the Kentucky Derby, $125,000. No way. Uh, we, we, have, we have a huge plaque from, uh, I, I don't know, it's either the president or the governor signed off on it, just congratulating them on, on it. And uh, so that's more or less how it all started. And then, uh, believe it or not, my great-grandpa, he was a professional golfer in Canada, and uh, he wanted my grandpa to become a professional golfer, but my grandpa didn't want to be a professional golfer. He wanted to be a racer. So that's when he got into the road course stuff with uh, his, his cars. And then from there, he got into uh, uh, wingless sprint cars at Brooklyn Speedway and where, wherever else he drove. And, uh, and then my dad got into it, and now I'm into it. Wow, man! There's a lot of competition in that family, just yeah. going all the way back. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's Even really cool. Even if it cool. is racing, there's still competition. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. No matter no matter what you guys do, do you guys comp- compete when you wash the dishes too? Do you guys get that? Competitive? Yeah, oh, yeah. There's oh yeah for sure. Yeah. Who could do it better? Yeah, that's more. right. I love right. it. Who can, oh yeah, it's usually between my middle brother and I. <laughs> all right, know. that's awesome. Um, Mike Jopp, by the way, says power toboggan racing is what it's called. Power toboggan. Yeah. Um, Thomas, since uh, your dad's not there, at least I don't think he's in the office with you. Um, not with me in person, but he is here. Okay, so I don't he know. Was, he was going to come in here. He looked through the window, and then he seen me talking, and he was about to do it, and he's like, oh, I better not. <laughs> <laughs> does Does he know what you're doing right now? No. Oh, no, boy. You know, if you want to. He probably you, thinks I'm talking to a customer. Yeah, so. uh, if, uh, if, if you want to let him in on what's going on, you can tell him to, to join you. But I want to ask you this. Um, it, between you and your dad, yeah, uh, who's the better race car driver? <laughs> Well, it, different era. Yeah, you know, I know. Okay. Say if we go so, back, to say, let's go back like five years ago. And uh, Five years ago? Yep, yep. Who would be better, you or your dad? Well, it's 2021. Um, he was retiring then. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, right about when yeah. he was getting out, you were starting to, to really make some gains there. Yeah, he started helping me more with everything, with motors and, and setups and all that. So I started getting better. Um, uh, but, you know, more... Overall, he's still, you know, he's a veteran and he had all those wins over the years. So I would still say he's better. That's and I know respect. that he would, he would love for me to be better. And we're hoping that we can do accomplish a lot. You know, our goal is to at least hopefully win a World of Outlaws feature one day. You know, we have a lot of bucket list places to go to like Eldora and, and Pennsylvania. And these, just, just a lot of these other places we haven't been able to venture to. Um, so, you know, we just, and, you know, or another goal is to win the Knoxville 360 Nationals and make the 410 Nationals. That would be a huge thing for us, too. So we're hoping we can do that. And, uh, yeah. You know, you do He's, a lot of 360 stuff. Do you favor the 360 over the 410? Or or how much of a different beast yeah. are they to drive? It is. It's like, you know, when you race the 360 most of the year, then you go to 410, it's it's like a kick in the ass. You wake up pretty and pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a big difference just because the 360, it's a heavy motor. So the front end's way down more. Whereas in the 410, you know, the front end is like kind of like floating in the air, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just, you know, sometimes you can go to a racetrack and the speeds are pretty much the same, but it still feels faster in a 410 just because it's lighter. It's more aggressive. Um, it's more violent in the seat than in 360. Different setups. But, uh, a little bit, yes. Um, 360, I feel like, especially at Knoxville, a 360 is more technical. Because mm-hmm. right? with a 410, you know, you can get out of a lot of bad situations because you have that power, especially, you know, on the cushion, whereas the 360 bogs down and it's a lot harder. So it, it tends to push more. Okay. If you're running the cushion. So the people that, that don't know the difference, how much cost difference is there between a good 360 motor and a good 410 motor? Literally nothing. Pretty Literally much the same nothing. Cost now, mm-hmm. yeah. right. pretty much the same cost. You could get you'll you'll get more out of a 360 than a 410 shows wise. But, sure. You know, if if you really want to be competitive at Knoxville on a weekly basis, 12 to 15 shows max on a 410, and for 360, 18 to 20, 20 being the max. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're really pushing it. 
we just uh, got a couple of texts. Mike Speaker says, uh, Lou was leading the NOSA points in 2014 when he stepped away in the middle of the season. So even five years ago, my vote would still be for Lou. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tommy Corcoran, dead on with a different era comment. Uh, racing is certainly different and ever-changing. Hey, Thomas. Oh, oh, we got hey. Katie here. Yeah, I'm here. I actually have a question for you. Um, I like to ask all the racers this. Uh, this is kind of a two-parter question. So I guess the first is when you are in North Dakota, around here, do you have, like, a favorite racetrack you like to, you know, race around here? And then I guess the second part of the question would be, like, when you're traveling, do you have a favorite track, like, out of state? Uh, North. I don't really have a favorite track, per se. I would say... I'm a little biased. Uh, my three favorite tracks are Knoxville, Jackson, and Houston's only because I've been pretty successful in all three, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I do like uh, Grand Forks, and I'll most likely like it even better now that they've changed the track configuration and lowered yeah, the bank. That was, all a, that. that was a big I, thing I think here. it'll be a lot better racing for, for mm-hmm. Grand Forks as well, ha- having right. the banking reduced and not having that big, huge dip in the middle of the racetrack. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, I, and I haven't raced it yet, but, uh, you know, I love Grand Forks. You know, we have a great fan base there. And we have a hardcore fan base in Jackson, Minnesota, too. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people there, you know, we have family, friends from over the years. Oh, from sure. Grandpa race to my dad that mm-hmm. go there on a weekly basis. And uh, so we, we love seeing everybody over there. And then, you know, we're starting to hopefully, you know, we've been gaining a fan base in Knoxville now, too, um, you know. It's kind of yeah. cool. How cool is that when you spread across that far when you have fan bases and all these spe- that all those special events like Jackson and Knoxville. That's a pretty big area, especially huge for sprint cars to have a nice fan base there. And then what do you think now when you sit back and I know the year sucked kind of not coming down here, but hearing that Houston's got opened up again. What's your mindset to that place? No, it's great, you know, Todd Queering and the Queering family have done a lot for sprinkler raising over the years, uh, you know, with purchasing Jackson and, and putting a lot of money into making it the way it is now, it's, it's, it's second to none. It's just, it's right beside Knoxville when it comes to how big of a, how big of a venue it is. Right. It's, mm-hmm. a, def- it's a big showcase. That's for sure. When you look at that, oh, yeah. oh my goodness. And, and Jackson, I consider Jackson like a mini Knoxville, you know, full throttle, um, perfect oval. It's, it's fun track to be at. It's one of my favorite places to go. Um, Houston's, I loved racing at Houston's. Um, I'm glad that Todd, um, stepped up and bought it. And, um, I, I'm looking forward to what, uh, is to come with, uh, Houston Speedway. Awesome. In the future. All right. We're going to take a little break here. Uh, Thomas Kennedy on the show and, uh, we'll be right back with Thomas in a couple of minutes, but, uh, I want to tell you this right now, if your car, uh, oil change light is coming on, you need an oil change and you don't want to spend the time you want it done fast. Uh, basically, you need to go to Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Grand Forks. Uh, no wait time. You can actually sit in your car while they change the oil. It takes them just a few minutes. Uh, they're going to check your fluids, your wiper blades, your cabin air filter, your lights, your batteries, your tires. Uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change can do tranny and coolant flushes. And uh, again, you don't need to make an appointment. It's timely service that won't slow you down. You can sit in your vehicle or go shopping. Uh, and make sure when you go in there for that oil change, you mention Grand Forks Best Source, and they will give you an additional $7 savings on your oil change. And if you cannot leave work and you live in Grand Forks, they'll come and pick your vehicle up. What a great deal that is. Locally owned and operated, open seven days a week and fast. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 3325 South 38th Street, or you can call them up at 701-780-8462. And uh, make sure you tell them that Grand Forks Best Source sent you. Uh, back with Thomas Kennedy. Thomas Joseph Kennedy. Now, do people really call you JT? Or TJ? TJ? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of people do. Um, you know, a lot of people call me TJ, Tej, or Thomas. Okay. Um, anybody who calls me Tom, I tell them no. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No. I hear you. I hear you. Time out. That's not my name. Let's go let's yeah, figure yeah, this out yeah. here. It's a different yeah. t- Come on now. Yeah, exactly. see, I don't think I've ever heard anybody call you TJ before. Oh, so really? That's, that's, yeah. that's surprising because I know that Pat Mooney, you know, when he used to announce, as mm-hmm. far as I know, he used to call me TJ all the time, and he still does. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's, you know, it just depends on who the person is. Sure. Call me Tom or sure. Well, it's like me. I answer to about then, 15 different names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, that yeah, are so not, some that are not appropriate to <laughs> say <laughs> on this show. Stuff that can't be said on there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's just it. <laughs> Um, Thomas, last year now, I think your plans uh, had changed. What was your original plan for 2019? 
Oh, you mean for 2020? Or for 2020. For last year, yeah, for 2020. Why do you want to live 2020 over again? I don't know. I I just (laughs) hate saying 2020, I think, is the the problem. But um, you were going to kind of venture out and do something a little different this last season, weren't you? Yeah, we were planning on racing a lot more ESCS shows. Um, You know, we were really looking forward to going to Pennsylvania, hitting up the hardcore area around there because they're they're crazy. They're like Mm -hmm. Australians. They're hardcore over there. You know, don't mess with the PA guys or else you're going to get a beating. Yeah, yeah, the Pennsylvania posse. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't mess with them. You know, they're they're like a gang out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) uh, we're going to go there. We plan to go to Washington for Skagit speed week there that was going to be fun mm-hmm. um and then uh, just go other areas too that ascs was venturing but unfortunately it didn't work out you know what at the beginning of, of 2020 we went to uh arizona and california um and uh arizona went okay you know we had a contention to win but we got taken out early or spun out early on the last day in arizona so that put us out from being in top five and then at california we decided to put a to use our spare car from the loft, and um, we were struggled both days at Merced and um, Petaluma, and uh, we found out when we got home that it was uh, a right rear bearing that was completely seized, so it wasn't allowing the car to do its job on the back end. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, like, bad that I was bicycling on two wheels in the corner was bad. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, it was the worst experience ever. Oh, oh yeah. I was I was ready to get uh, my dad was ready to get a sawzall and just sawzall something just because it was that bad. <laughs> um, what are you going to use that for? I don't for me know. Driving the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you know, when, when when you decided to do something like that, Thomas, did you have to secure uh, more sponsorship, or did you were you just going to dig a little deeper into your pockets, or or how did that work? Because I know when you're going to travel like that with those guys, uh, it, it is very costly. And I'm just wondering if you had to do a little extra work, maybe securing more sponsorship or anything. Yeah. So, you know, the main sponsors ourselves with our business, we're fortunate enough to race, um, you know, with, with our, with our business being our main sponsor, uh, Buffalo wild wings, you know, stepped on board again for the 2020 season. Unfortunately it's being rolled over to 2021, which, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were hoping that we could, you know, have their name on the car and adventure to other areas this year or this past year. Um, Grinch service and sales, uh, stepped up in a big way to help us out, you know, this past year, but unfortunately again, with COVID, um, everything's rolled over to next year. And then general signs has been a long time sponsor of ours and, uh, speedway shots by Michael speaker and Adrian, they've been a great family friends of ours. And, and Mike does all my PR work. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's other than that, you know, I tried to get a few other sponsors with Red Bull and unfortunately, Red Bull's quota with uh, athletes um, was was met, and uh, the one thing that we didn't want was if Red Bull was to sponsor us, they would own the team, and we don't want somebody mm-hmm. else, you know, having that that say in our team when when we like to go where we want to go and yeah. not have to worry about upsetting anybody for it. Sure. Yeah, you know, so like, that way your schedule doesn't get set by Red Bull. You guys can set your own schedule right. and work on your time because you still exactly. you still have the full time job behind everything you're doing with racing. Right, and that's the thing that I'm pretty sure with Red Bull, you'd have to be a full time driver, right, and and, right. and go everywhere. And uh, you know, unfortunately, with with you know having a wife and then you know family and and, and a business, it's kind of hard to do that. So um, any um, thoughts Have you guys, uh, you and the wife been entertaining any thoughts of adding to the Kennedy family? <laughs> uh, we've entertained it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Just you know, I, I, practice makes perfect. Right. Wow. John. Right. right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, she's, you know, I'm, I'm turning 31 in February. She's only 26. So she's got a few more years yet. So, oh yeah. There you go. You know, she's, she's going back to school to uh, become, uh, TA, so okay, um, and and it's a good time right now because you know she's still working, but you know there's not much going on, so it's easier for her to focus on school when she can. Sure, yeah, uh, sure. But uh, I get yeah, it. So, so yeah. now let's fast forward to this year. Um, if things ever go back to the old normal, are you just going to do what, kind of what we've been talking about? Are you just going to slide last year into this year and kind of follow that schedule, or did that all change now because of the pandemic? Well, you know, that and then with, uh, you know, my mom passing away from cancer on Halloween and then my grandpa, um, we were planning to roll over into 2021 and race with uh, the ESCS. But unfortunately, just with what, what's what been going on this year, we decided to um, 
change the schedule and just race at like Jackson Friday, Knoxville Saturday and Houston Sun- Sunday, and then hit like, you know, Grand Forks if we don't want to go to Jackson or if Jackson's off on a Friday, we'll hit Grand Forks. And then if we don't want to go to Knoxville on the Saturday, we'll go and race where maybe NOSA goes, or if there's an IRA show close by, I'd like to say Cedar Lake or whatever, mm-hmm. we'll hit that place. Yeah. You know, so but for for the most part, you know, when when you go to Jackson, Knoxville, and Houston, they're all three different sized tracks and all three different uh, styled beasts. So yeah, they're different kind of monsters. Every one of those tracks a different monster. I mean, right. so you're you're really changing yourself up just with that schedule, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And uh, by the way, we're so sorry to hear about the passing uh, of your grandpa and your mother. Uh, we know that's it's been a difficult year already, and uh, boy, that sure sure doesn't help. Um, I want to ask you, and, and I ask every racer this, do you have a favorite win, your best night ever at a racetrack? Yeah, I would say um, winning two WKA Grand National Championships, uh, winning those two Eagles, I would say is a, a true highlight of my career in go-kart racing. Mm-hmm. Um, it took 10 years to, to get that. So, well, 10 years go-kart racing, I would say about six years act to actually get mm-hmm. um to that point so that was a huge part of my go-karting career and then spring car racing i would say winning at knoxville and uh getting the jackson nationals win that's wow, next to my dad yeah so. nice stuff there um okay now let's flip it over what's your what about your worst night at the racetrack you ever have one of those days where you just want to completely race out of your brain uh yeah there's just plenty of those <laughs> plenty of those he took Probably a big sigh with things that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever been? I just, want, I just want to throw my coffee now against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Tell us about it. Uh, well, well, you know, drink. nothing's worse than you know when you crash or when you're leading and then and you give up the lead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or when you know you have a good car and you just step on your lower area yeah. and, and don't do good so the lower extremities we've, got in the way heard, again we've right? heard that expression before <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah have you ever been in a bad enough wreck thomas where you hurt for a few days and, and you even thought maybe twice about strapping yourself into one of those animals again no never think twice if you think twice then don't do it at all right so right, right. you know i could break all my bones i'll just heal up and get back into it That's, mm-hmm. i don't care um yeah but when i raced at the Jackson Nationals a few years ago there, I crashed pretty bad and it was knocked out for 10 minutes. And then uh, it's, it took me the rest of the year to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in my parents' basement when I was living there at the time for two straight weeks without going anywhere. Complete darkness because I had such a bad headache um, just from, you know, just from jogging my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a month later, like after that accident, after a month, that's when I got back in the car and raced at uh, Grand Forks with the Outlaws, and that's when it rained mm-hmm. there really yep. badly. And then it was like a one lane at the bottom because it was so soupy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like four or five laps that we got in before it started raining, and I couldn't see properly. So um, I you know I decided to call it a night. And uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that if you get in a bad enough wreck and you you know uh, jog your brain, it's it's tough to get back in mm-hmm. and and still be as confident and successful, you know, as you were before. Sure. And, um, it's going to so be a little took, weary. T- right. So it took quite a few months to get back in the groove of things. So, and, you know, nowadays they have protocol for stuff like that. Whereas back when my dad was racing and he'd get bad wrecks, there was no such thing as a right. protocol. You just right. drink beer the same night and get back in the race yep. for the next day. <laughs> the next day. That's right. <laughs> That's the cure all right. to everything. Yeah. Bush right. lattes. When I asked you about your favorite win or your best night, Jeff Liebrich texts, uh, how about the all-star win with a 360, uh, TJ? Yes, that was, that was awesome too. Thanks for reminding me, Jeff. No, that was, that was a great night too. Um, my dad was really excited too. He almost crashed just watching the scoreboard going down the back straight away <laughs> with five laps to go. Well, I think I think in, in his in his mind, there's nothing better than watching you win. I think that right. they, for a dad, that's got to be pretty spectacular to see that and, right. and, and have you two talk so disrespectful about each other. Like you flat out said, my dad's the best driver in the family. You know, and that's right. that's right. very cool, bud. Right, but but I know that my dad and everybody else wants to be me to be better than him and better than my grandpa. You know, and same thing when I have a kid and if they race, I want them to be better than any of us. Right. 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 You know, even better and better. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was a great night. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, nothing's better than kicking, um, 
you know, badass racers, you know, and at that time, oh, for sure, Tim Schaefer, you know, Blaney, and, and you know, a lot of the other guys that were still in it, and uh, to win with a 360 motor, and that's that's awesome, you know. So, yeah, Mike yeah. Speaker's uh, also watching, and he mentioned uh, back-to-back wins with ASCS in 2019 too. Yeah, yeah, no, that was awesome too. That was it was great. Um, uh, I thirty I thirty six USA Raceway, I think is what it's called. Uh, that was badass track. You know, the cushion was right on the wall in one and two, and I could hit that cushion and ride that wall. And you know, a few times my motor would go, you know, yeah. I'd get a bump. It was a lot of fun. It was it was great. Uh, Jeff awesome. Liebrick also adds the All Star guys did not like it. <laughs> no, they didn't. Especially when they heard I had a 360 motor, and they were pretty uh, ticked off about it. Um, so. You know, <laughs> you, you talk Thomas about uh, how everybody um, is hoping you're going to be better uh, than your dad, uh, possibly your grandpa. Does that add pressure to you, or do you just kind of shake it off? Maybe you know the first three years that I started in sprinter racing, yes, but now not so much. You know, I just go to the racetrack every night hoping that, you know, we get a good finish and that we come back in one piece and hope that we get that win. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. Is, is there anybody uh, that, have you ever got into it with anybody after a race or during a race, or is there anybody that you will not pit by? Now, these are all questions that I ask almost every race yeah. car driver that comes in here. They're optional. You can just tell us yes. Yeah, and... and <laughs> You, you know, yeah, like Chad said, you don't have to throw out any names out there, but are, are there people that you refuse to pit against? If they say, you know, maybe you roll in just a hair late and uh, the only opening there is next to somebody you can't stand, are you still going to park there? Are you just going to say, <laughs> screw it and go? But uh, is there anybody out there like that you won't pit next to? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I'm sure there's people that don't want to pit by us. So, yeah, no, we, we're the same way. But yeah, like I said, if there if there is one spot left available and it's beside the person you want to park with, we'll park there anyhow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and then just do one of those knee 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 them on the racetrack. That's right. Yeah. Rub it in their face later when you pull into your hauler after they pull right. into there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, when you look at this year, Thomas, and I know it's been a pretty frustrating year, but did you watch any World of Outlaw races on Dirt Vision this year? Yeah, we watch more races online than we ever have in so, our lives. So, so it's when you been great. when you look at that, do you look like say uh, one race for me that sticks out would be like Husets when they ran Husets this year um, when they're running the track and they're blowing tires and you're looking at yourself like God, I wouldn't run there. Would you would you dr- judge that track as you're sitting in your chair at home? Sorry, say it again. I was just interrupted. No, <laughs> you're good. So when you're when you're out there and you're watching Dirt Vision. Uh, watching the world of outlaws go town on there. Like I, like I say, Houston's for me really stuck out um, this year for everybody right. blowing tires and stuff. Uh, yeah. But when you look at a track, it doesn't matter which track they're racing at Knoxville, Jackson, or when they raced Jackson this year, earlier this year, um, do you look at that track and start judging it yourself at home? You're like, God, I'd, I'd probably run the cushion here. I'd, I wouldn't run there. I'd run middle or lower. Do you, do you do that to yourself? Yeah, so we've actually, my dad and I have both learned a lot more than we ever have just watching the guys' cars, you know, how they enter, how they're handling and all that. And we've learned a lot, especially with watching Kyle Larson. We've learned a lot from just the way his car is on the racetrack compared to everybody else's and all that. So we've learned a lot, and I think we're going to incorporate a few little minor things that might help us uh, in 2021 season that uh, hopefully makes us even faster than we have been in the past. That's awesome. You know, you mentioned Kyle Larson. Uh, your thoughts on that dude i mean it seems like he could probably get on a tricycle and, and win uh the guy's incredible i don't know if you saw the world of outlaw race here um one of probably the best finishes i've ever been involved with yeah. but uh, uh is it good for the sprint car in the dirt track world for kyle larson to get his butt back into the uh, nap car yeah and you know as much as uh as what he said wasn't the right thing to say it actually helped him in a way to get an a or b team in nascar in the end mm-hmm, right like a c or d team but nonetheless um you know if i was racing this year and i had to race against him every week i would say get him out of here i, I don't want him <laughs> too much. Yeah. but to watch him just you know kick everybody's butt in a spring car and more or less shove it up nascar's butt i think that's a a, a great thing mm-hmm. he put he put an exclamation point on that that's no oh, doubt big time no Tens doubt 100 Yes. Yeah, and, and you know the times I saw Kyle, uh, it seems like uh, when he comes in, either after hot laps or, or a heat race or whatever, 
It's like he doesn't even hardly touch the car. Yeah. I mean, it's like they just, act, yeah. you know, it just, it, it seems Minor like he things. can just, Minor. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the and, guy is incredible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and he's got a great um, crew chief behind him, Paul Silva. He's one of the smartest guys in this, the sprint car role when it comes to setting up cars. And uh, yeah, you know, if, if your car is on a rail and it's working great, there's no reason to change a whole lot, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I know he's just, he's an awesome, he's one of the best drivers there are, you know. Um, I still think Donnie Schatz is still the best driver there is. Mm-hmm. You know, I do too. Uh, um, but uh, um, Kyle Larson, you know, right now he's the hottest driver in the world, and uh, he'll continue to be. I know that he won't be racing near as much dirt anymore because he's with Hendrick, and I'm sure that they have a contract. Oh yeah, to race ever so often. So were you yeah. were you kind of hoping that he was going to sign with Tony Stewart because uh, I kind of was because I thought maybe he'd be able to be a little more freed up and go do things uh, like the dirt track racing. But were you thinking maybe the way this was all washing out and panning out that he was going to sign with Tony? Yeah. So um, actually, Tony Stewart has been trying to get him signed in for the past four years, mm-hmm. but I guess sponsors didn't want to touch him. I guess okay. I overheard, and that's just a rumor. It's not, you know, I'm not saying that it's true, but I know that Tony Stewart has been trying to get him, but it just didn't work out. But right. I would have loved to see Kyle Larson in a Tony Stewart uh, race car because I think they would have been great together. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. And, uh, you know, Kyle Larson has the next next best team, the Hendrick team. So. Sure. Um, now, when you mentioned Donnie Schatz, uh, had kind of an off year this year, as you would you know, considering a Donnie Schatz year. Right. Do you think it had anything to do with the, the new motor program, trying to get all the bugs out of that thing? Or, you know, I mean, you're basically doing all your R&D work on the racetrack, which can set you back. But do you think that had anything to do with his year? I think it had uh, a bit, yes, quite a bit. Um, it's just like anything else. When you develop a new vehicle, you know, how long does it take to develop a new vehicle to make it 100% perfect? Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that with the... Ford Motor, you know, it's been an up and down road for them as a team. Um, you know, uh, I, I feel like it, it has a, it could potentially have a bright future in the sprinkler world, but I, I feel that they're not quite there yet um, against the Chevy Motors. So uh, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, I want to ask you this: um, after the races are all done, um, how cool is it? Because there's there's a lot of kids out there, a lot of adults, yep. uh, including myself, and I'm sure you, Chad, oh, yeah. that uh, admire what you do and, and look up to the uh, Kennedy Racing family. But how cool is it at the end of the night when you're sitting at the holler and the kids are acting like you are the next best thing to slice bread and, and they want your picture and they want to sit in your car? That's got to be a great feeling and a great time. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and the best part is... Um if I win a feature, if it's not like a huge event, like let's say the Knoxville Nationals or whatever, I give them the trophy mm-hmm. just to give them that sense of, you know, pride and like they're important in the racing world. And it just, you know, makes them happy. And if it makes them happy, I'm happy. Um, no, it's great. You know, hopefully, you know, the kids nowadays are the future of racing when it comes to fan base. Um, yep. You know, we need to keep the families going and continue to go to the racetrack so we can actually race ourselves and be able to go to places. So, you know, if, 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 if the kids are interested and they're happy and they can, you know, interact with the race cars, well, that's that's great, you know, and that's what we need in this part is more people to interact with the fans, with the race car, allowing them to sit in it and, and, and whatever else needs to be done to keep them interested. So when they get older, they take their kids to the racetrack and then their kids take, et cetera, so forth. Sure, so, right. And, yeah. and you know, it's pretty cool, too, because these kids, the, they look up to you, they come back into the pits and they think you are, like, way up here. And then you start talking to them. You let them sit in the car, and they and they realize you are just a normal person who's really good at driving race cars. And and they start to think, wow, these are just regular people, but right. they're really nice. You well, know, you, well, you look right. at what Thomas just said before. You look at with my son. I have an eight year old um, Parker, and he is an awesome kiddo. And I took I I've been announcing racetracks ever since he's been born. So. I took him to the racetrack one night, and he got a trophy from Spencer Wilson, which is an IMCA modified driver, and why not? And that trophy now is still in his, in his room, up, displayed on his dresser, mm-hmm. and he talks about it constantly. Yeah. I mean, so what Thomas just said there, how, how that brings kids in and just gets them hooked, 100% did that to my son. And so it's just a, it's amazing what he does, and I appreciate you doing that, Thomas, 100%, because it, it does reflect into the kids huge. 
Uh, you going to buy your kid a sprint car? Uh, no. Okay. No. I, uh, Mike, he's going to have to put that $100 bill in the toilet and flush it, and hopefully he doesn't flip. <laughs> uh, Mike, that's the only way you're going to be able to open uh, own a sprint car. That's yeah. it. I, uh, I tried to get him in a go-kart one time, Thomas, and because uh, yeah. we have a nice go-kart track here in Grand Forks, as you know. Right. Um, and uh, he watched him go around, and his first little jitter is like, no, Dad, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> no. I want to do it, but not right now. <laughs> Hey, Thomas, who all helps you on your uh, sprint car operation now? Uh, you know, during the week at home, it's just usually my dad and I. And then my middle brother, Sean, will come and help when he can. Uh, my wife, Lauren, she'll help when she can. Um, on At the racetrack, uh, Trevor Fidelke, he's a good friend of mine from Iowa. Um, he comes whenever he can to help us out. And, uh, yeah, and then my Uncle Danny, during the Nationals, he'll come and help us out. Um, but other than that, it's just, just a small group of people that uh, make it possible on the racetrack 100 percent family affair there yeah yeah you you, sure. you mentioned your brother uh did he ever dabble in racing or has he ever given it a yeah. shot yeah so i have two younger brothers uh louis and sean and we all raced go-karts at one point in time and then uh my motor brother sean actually raced sprint cars a few times um back when we had racing here in winnipeg um he would be a great driver uh if he kept continue on but my dad's happy that he didn't because we don't want to have three teams at the time and then two teams now so yeah. one team's one team's hard enough sure. to handle uh, never mind two teams but uh no it's yeah you know it, it's great um like i said it's a family ordeal and uh it's gonna stay that way for as long as we continue racing awesome well we got a couple of more texts thomas amanda joe uh looking forward to seeing thomas back in the track in 2021 kevin Pappenfuss, hope you come to grand forks this summer and Heather McDonald, uh, we have a story about trying to get my kids into go-karts. It didn't go well. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get Heather and Nolan back on the show here one of these days and, yeah. and find out more about that. Um, Thomas, um, name your sponsors, the people that have been sticking with you during all of this stuff, pandemic or not. Yeah, Kennedy Floorings, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Susan and Todd LaHaye's. Um, they've been great uh, supporters of ours um, since 2016 mm-hmm. that when I raced their 82 car at the time. Um, Grinch Service and Sales, Jenny and Ryan Grindy. Um, again, they're a huge supporter of ours. Um, we have a great relationship with them. Um, we consider them our family in the States. Um, General Science, Paul Edgington, uh, he's been a great family friend of ours here up in the city uh, for the longest time. And we sponsor uh, his son, Shane Edgington, who races the uh, 5B late model, mm-hmm. who won six times last year, six out of six. Yeah, six out of six. Race. Heck yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. Proud, proud of him for that. Um, you know, Speedway Shots, uh, Michael Speaker and Adrian Speaker. Um, and again, they're great family friends of ours since I was in diapers with Michael. So he's our PR guy. He does a great job. And, um, and yeah, so those are our top supporters in uh, the racing. Now, have you heard anything? Uh, you know, I'm sure everything's still up in the air up north there in Canada, but. Uh, when the hell are they going to open up this border? Is it going to happen soon? Is there going to be a 2021 race season for Thomas Kennedy? I mean, this is getting kind of ridiculous. You know, uh, they're is, easing all the restrictions now. Right. Uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, all of this. But it, it seems like uh, your guy up there, Mr. Trudeau or whatever the hell his name is. It, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um <laughs> It, it seems like he just doesn't even want to listen. I mean, but you, uh, living up there, born and raised up there, you probably know a little bit more about it than I do. But um, his thoughts on this whole thing, and, and what does the rest of the Canadian public and, and the population of Canada, what are they all thinking about this? I mean, we are way, way beyond what we thought this pandemic was going to be. Right. Uh, you know, everybody else is lifting their their regulations a little bit, uh, and it's it's getting better all the time, but... What what have you heard about what's going on up there? Um, well, I think my chair just broke because I fell back almost. But anyhow, oh, no. um, <laughs> I said, "Where'd uh, Thomas go?" <laughs> as soon as you as soon as you talked about Trudeau, my chair didn't like that. And I think it broke. <laughs> nice. um, hey, we said we're not going to get political. Come on now, <laughs> right? Um, well, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to get too political, but I, you know, I know some people. My mom's best friend, she works uh, customs. And I know a guy who knows somebody that works at the Emerson border. And, and apparently they're saying that the talks from the government is that potentially it could be till the end of the year yet before they open up the border, um, depending on how the vaccines go. Um, so so right you're, now you're, I don't know. You're talking like another 11 and a half months? 
could very well be. We just we don't know right now. Uh, we're oh. again, you know, code red lockdown for another thirty days, at least starting Friday. I, I'm going to assume. Yeah, because uh, I don't see them lifting anything. You know, more like like we were talking earlier before the show started. The only thing I can do is go home and go to work. That's pretty much all I can do. You know, there's a few things that I do that I'm not going to say on air, but right. mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not like I have a party or anything or people over, but I do see family, the same family I see every day at work. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, a must. I think you, people got to understand right. we got to do that. We got to see our right. family. You can't you go You got to be sociable. That. You can't 100%. be huddled in your house. I agree yeah, with you 100%, you know? Thomas. That's perfect. Right. It's just, you know, who wants to be told by the government that you can or cannot see your grandmother you know, or your or your dad or your your mom or your brother or sister. You know what I mean? Like it's it's crazy. It's crazy right. times we live in, you know, and, and things you say, you know, it's held highly accountable to, to the things that you do and actions that you that you do. It's just it's crazy what the world has come to since COVID started and it's you know, something you just gotta really watch out for and make sure that you don't do anything that you shouldn't. Right. So you don't get caught. And with the fines up here, it's just, it's their astronomical, you know, let's say I was to have 14 people in my house, you know, and we got caught every person in the house would get $1,200 fine. And then I would as well. And then I'd also get another $4,000 fine on top of that. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, uh, we talk about how bad it is in Minnesota. Now, right. Thomas and I were talking before you got here. Um, they actually have people that will drive by and, and check and see what cars belong in your driveway. And if mm-hmm. there's a car there that is not listed on their list, that's when the trouble can start. And, and I mean, I'll check it. Yeah. You, you well, t- we talked yeah. to Bill Mooney last week and he said he shoved cars in his garage. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, uh, yeah. how more socialist can you get? I mean, because it, it's, it, you know, and it's the same way down here. It's turning right. that way. But, right. um, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, uh, it we, is. we know the pandemic is real. We know it's out there, but, I still think even with what we're doing here in the United States, Minnesota, North Dakota, things are getting better and better all the time. And, and people that. are all in this together and they just got to do the right thing. But I mean, shutting down the planet is not going to be the answer to all this. Broadcast. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah, I, I agree. I, I think with especially Thomas, how, how has the family business been with this whole COVID thing? Uh, it's been great. It's probably one of our best years we had last year. Um, and, and the start of this year has been really good as well. And, and, you know, I feel I feel really bad. Who, who I really feel bad mostly for are the restaurants, yes. you know, the businesses that rely on entertainment. Um, you know, uh, they're they're decimated. There's there's more businesses when it comes to the restaurant industry that are um, putting up, uh, you know, for lease or for or, you know, for mm-hmm. sale signs up. It's just it's crazy, you know, and it's just unfortunate that we have to, you know, lock everything down when people rely on people to go out and, and do things, it's just, it's, it sucks, right. you know, and, and in my opinion, you know, we should still at least be able to have some freedom in our lives that we can go out and do something. Just, you know, if you have measures taken, just, you know, just go with them. You know, if you have to wear a mask, just wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have my opinions on a lot of things, but, and so do other people, you know, but, uh, just follow the guidelines, but at least let us go to a movie theater or go to a restaurant, you know, So, because there's so many people yeah. that are out of jobs right now just, just from the restaurant industry, not even the hotel industry and, the, and like, the entertainment industry is just crazy. It's, it sucks all well, around. I tell you one thing, buddy. We're, we're, I, I probably can speak for everybody in the racing community, especially here, that we pray that our guys from Canada can, can come down this year, and we're praying hopefully that we can have a good 2021 racing season for sure. And so just know that we're all I thinking so of you too. guys up there. And I'm glad, I'm glad the family's doing good uh, business-wise. That's an awesome thing. And I'm just hoping to see your car down doing some, doing some laps around the yeah. Speed Speedway this and, year. And not only the racers uh, themselves, but the fans, the fans. Canadian fans. I mean, right. you know, we've said this before. It doesn't matter if it's hockey or if it's curling or if it's Canadian football or if it's dirt track racing. Yeah. The most passionate fans. I mean, I absolutely love hanging around <laughs> with the Canadians. Uh, they make me feel more normal. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I want to add this in. It's kind of a funny thing. We're talking with you, Thomas. You're up in Canada. Uh, we actually have somebody from Texas watching the show 
Hill right now, Bennett Bolduck. He might have been a little bit before your time, Thomas, but I'm sure your dad remembered him. Uh, he was a sprint car driver here, uh, won a few races at River City Speedway. I actually uh, rode along with him a couple of times uh, and helped him out a little bit. But, uh, Bennett, we miss you up here, man. If you ever get your butt back up here, uh, make sure you stop in and talk to us. I got one more question for you, Thomas. I know you're working, and I know you're busy, and we sure appreciate you taking the time. But I ask every driver this, too. Uh, as, a, yeah. as a race car driver, when this is all said and done for Thomas Kennedy, how do you want to be remembered as a race car driver? Uh, somebody who was badass and won races, you know, that's pretty much all. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Badass and won races. You can't, you can't get more to the point than that right there. I want to be badass. I'm going to kick your ass to the racetrack. That's what I want to do. There's only, there's only a select few Canadians that actually race sprint cars in the States. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's like maybe four or five of us. Yep. So, uh, you know, to be able to be a, to be as a Canadian and go in the States and win big races, you know, it's, it's, it's great as a Canadian, you know, being such a small country, um, yeah. less than the size of the state of California, almost. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Um, well, know that you're, a, you're a household name here at the States, my friend. You are a household name with that 21K machine that's right behind me that looks beautiful. Um, yeah, that color will never change. That's all. Somebody commented on that yeah, too. Yeah, Brian, oh, Brian did. did. He loves seeing that blue color. It's an eye catcher. Whatever. Right. Let's, let's ask just one more question after that. What with that car color? What made you go that way? Well, it's third generation color of blue, so there's uh, no no reason to get rid of it. Um, you know, it's it's a special kind of blue. Uh, nobody knows the code. I've been asked before, and I'm like, nope, you're not going to know it. Wow. <laughs> Don't share it. Wow, that's you know, like that's like some people the... have gone close to it, but not quite the same. I'm like, I'm not giving up that blue. I don't that's care. That's like the Kentucky it. Fried Chicken secret recipe right. right there. I want the I want the crunchy chicken. No, I'm not giving that to you. It's, no. <laughs> yeah, it's in the vault. So there you no, go. Yeah, no, it's 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 been you know at one point in time we actually lost the color when Dupont uh, was bought out or no longer around. Um, we couldn't get any more, so we actually had to use one of the old panels from my dad's cars back in the day, and and try and um, duplicate the color. So wow, that's um, awesome! It took a while, um, but uh, we finally got it, and uh, yeah. No, I, I think it'd blue. be, I think it'd be really cool to. Uh paint a car that exact color and park it right up in the front of the speedway and see how many people catch that <laughs> and go, how the heck yeah. did you get that? Right. Uh, Thomas Kennedy, man, thank you for being yeah. on the show today. Uh, yes. When things do get back to normal, you get back down to the States, we want you to get a hold of us first, and uh, we're going to try to get you back. And maybe this time uh, you'll be able to come to the studio, all right? Yeah, that no, would be great. I'll be, I'll be so happy. I'll be jumping up and down to get out of here you know yeah uh nothing's worse than being stuck at home every day for yeah. a year yeah well at least you got the new wife to keep you company right and yeah. the dog and the cat exactly. and a dog and a and cat the dog and the cat yeah oh yeah the dog is a handful the dog is a handful and uh would you do us a favor too and make sure you say hi to your dad for us all right sounds good i will do hey thanks thomas thank you very much for being on the show thanks thomas thanks you guys i appreciate it have a good one there you go all right there you go that's thomas kennedy um stuck up in canada and uh we can't wait till he can get back down here to the united states and uh i tell you what uh special thanks going out to the bubble laundry company sick and tired of doing your laundry every day oh i tell you what head on over the bubble laundry company they can do it for you maybe your washer and dryer are too small for the bigger things While they've got drop-off laundry service, they can neatly fold and bag for you for just a buck and a quarter for clothing per pound. Also, 61 high-speed machines for self-service. They do commercial laundry, too. Check out the newly remodeled store. It is awesome. Three televisions, free, fast Wi-Fi with an ATM, soda and snack machines, even an old-school arcade game. You can get the self-service from 5.30 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week, or drop-off service Monday through Tuesday from 9 to 9 and Friday through Sunday from 9 to 8. Do it yourself or have it done for you. Bubble Laundry Company, 1401 12th Avenue South, right behind the Strip Mall with a lighting gallery in Mexican Village. You want to find out more, 701-800-3084 is the number. The Bubble Laundry Company. Oh, boy, what's coming up? Hey, don't forget, a week from tomorrow, that's the 15th, our big open house and ribbon-cutting ceremony going on here at the studios of Grand Forks Best Source. We're inviting everybody to come and check it out. It'll happen now. We'll get rolling about 4 o'clock. Got live music with the Heat Seekers. This is going to be a blast. Don't forget, we're now on Amazon Music, too. Just tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast. Tomorrow, 
Mayor Brandon Bochensky going to stop in for a couple of minutes. That's going to be fun. Always fun talking to both. Hey, remember to like, share, and tag us, everybody. Have yourself a great day. We're Grand Forks' best source, giving Grand Forks an identity again.